Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Callan Chatter TV. Um, we are here to talk about that game. Um, that's what I'm calling it at the moment. Um, Everton 2, um, Arsenal 1. So, yeah, it's it's the time. Um, we're not usually here on a Wednesday, um, but we thought that it would be good to um, have maybe a little bit extra time uh, between um, that, that game and obviously... Um, us giving our opinions on it. Um, now the dust has settled, we've all calmed down a little bit more. Um, so tonight, that's what we'll be doing. We'll be reviewing um, the defeat at Goodison Park on Monday night um, with the scoreline being Everton 2, Arsenal 1. Um, I'm joined tonight um, by my ever-present co-host. Um, Lottie just come off camera, so um, we'll come back to Lottie. But Stephen, how are you doing, Stephen? <clears throat> I am, uh, I'm good. I'm tired. Um, I, I don't know how people do this going out to work five days a week thing. You know, I'm used to sitting in front of my computer to work and now actually having to get up and go out. It's, it's, it's quite tiring. Um, but yeah, no, do you know what? I, I've calmed down a lot since Monday night. Um, don't get me wrong, I still have an awful lot to say. I, I have a lot of issues with, with things. Um, so I'll, I will have plenty to say tonight. Um, but I'm looking forward to the show. And to be honest... I kind of get the feeling that you two guys have a lot to say. Um, and I know Lottie, obviously, you'll speak to her in a sec, but I know she's maybe not feeling 100%, so might have a little bit less. But I, I'm kind of looking forward to a little bit of G-Rant's arsenal tonight. Um, so much so that I have prepared myself. So anybody watching, and if you're watching this back later on, get yourself prepared. Hit that pause button. Go get the following items and get yourself prepared. So I have ready for tonight my liter of whiskey, a couple of tins of Coke to water it down. And for whenever he goes, I'll tell you what it is. I've got my bag of popcorn at the rally. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And yes, I'm also joined by um, the lovely Lottie. How are you doing this evening, Lottie? I'm all right. I'm just, I've got a bit of a stinking cold. It's not COVID, thankfully, but I'm bloody drained after the last three games. This includes the ladies. I'm just like, I'm tired. I need, I need some good, I need some good stuff in my life right now. I'm not even joking. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I agree. I think between Arsenal and, and, and Boris Johnson and this government, I said, yeah, I'm pretty ticked off. Um, let's just let's just leave it as that. But yeah, we've got a lot to get through this evening, um, as you as you probably guessed. So I'm gonna run the intro video. Yeah, we'll to get through. <laughs> See you on the other side, guys. So yes, welcome back to Canon Chatter. We've done our introductions and we're literally going to get right into it. We're here tonight to review um, that game, which was Everton 2, Arsenal 1. Um, we've already got some people in the comments, um, so we'll just say a little hello. Good evening, um, Gamer DJ, and good evening, Keith. Right, so where do we start? Where do we start? Um not a great feeling right now um, with regards to Arsenal. So I think what we'll do before we get into it is we will rewind time 
we will go all the way back to Monday evening at about 7 p.m. When probably, well, I wouldn't say probably, the first surprise of the evening happened, took place. The team news came out. Now, I know there were suspicions. I know, you know, some people had predicted certain things. But, hey, you know, Arteta did what he did a lot last season. And he threw us what I can only call a curveball. And he named this team here. So, we had Ramsdale in goal, to be expected. We had a back four of Tomiyasu, Gabriel, Ben White and Tierney in for Tavares. We had... A midfield two, um, you could call, of Partey and Xhaka. And then we had Odegaard playing in the number 10 role, kept his place, um, obviously, despite the 3-2 United um, defeat, scored a goal in that game. And then we had more or less a front three of Saka, Martinelli and Laka. Big news being that Aubameyang was dropped. So, 7pm on Monday evening, the team news came out. Stephen, let me know your thoughts. Oh, where to start, where to start, where to start. Right, guys, get your popcorn out. Here we go. <laughs> no, right. So, seriously, uh, Tate News comes out. I was happy to see KT back in. Um, you know, I've, I've said on several shows now that much as Tavares has done well, um, Tierney, for me, is the better defender. And we all tied him as a future captain of the club. So, we, you know, for me if he's fit he needs to be playing I know he didn't have the best start to the season you know we, we sort of at times criticised him for his performances but he still is you know he's one of the few that's in this squad that has a winning mentality you know last season was you could say last season was the first season he's had in his professional career where he's not won a trophy although we did win the community shield so technically you know, he, he did win a trophy, but, you know, it's the first first season he's had where he hasn't won a, a, a trophy, and that that's a winner. He's a serial winner, so great to see him back in. Um, in terms of the rest of the team, then, you know, the other th three defenders and goalkeeper picked themselves. Um, although, arguably, Ben Mike didn't have a great game against United, um, and from all accounts, Holding has been stepping up his game and. In, in training um so there was a possibility but i don't think we're going to see ben mike dropped you know that's the thing um Aubameyang, i was surprised i have to say i genuinely i was surprised that arteta dropped them but i was glad that he did um we all said it you know he, he's missing too many chances um good to see martinelli still keeping his place and getting a bit of game time Odegaard arguably one of our better players against United, you know, so it was good that he got to keep his place. Um, and and the, the biggest surprise for me was why Arteta only picked 10 players, you know, and, and he threw in a, an empty shirt with a number 34 in the back of it in the middle of the park. I, I don't get it. I, I just genuinely don't get it. Um, why, why this man gets picked? Like, he's had two training sessions. And he's straight back in the team. And I said to you guys, you know, the team news came out and we obviously have our we um WhatsApp group where we, we talk. And I said, 
as soon as this lineup came out, a lot of you put a message up saying, oh, have you seen, you know, who's back in the team? I said straight away, we're going to lose tonight and the Arteta out people will be out in force. And at this point, I don't know if I can, you know, not join them with seeing him back in the team. I really just, it's so disappointing how he keeps getting back in the team. And I, I know there's people out there that love him and think he's wonderful and think he offers so much. I just don't see it. I, I do not see what he brings to this team. So, yeah, overall, the feeling was, I thought it was a squad that was capable of winning the game, albeit for me, we're a player short. Um, but they should have been turning over that Everton team. You know, the, the, the team that we put out should have been good enough to, to beat Everton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, all joking aside, about 34, I, I was pretty pretty okay with that team. I think it is the best way to sum it up. I was okay with it. Cool. Um, Lottie, thoughts with regards to the lineup? Oh, after after I messaged you guys about that, as Stephen just said, I put a tweet out. 34 returns after 30 seconds of training. Mike Dean's the refereeing. What could go wrong? And it did go wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, team sheet was fine with me, apart from 34. Not his biggest fan. I did put some money on him to get carded, which was nice. So I made some money off it. It's a, it's a guaranteed bet, more or less, nowadays. So I got 35 quid in my pocket, which I was quite pleased about. Um, but other than that, it was team sheet was just it was fine mm. it was fine with me I mean I just weren't impressed that he's back although yeah. I was expecting him to be back towards the end of December not now yeah well by all accounts it's it was miles miles ahead of, of schedule um, you know in, in terms of what we're led to believe um, in terms of obviously when he went out injured and diagnosis um, in terms of me with regards to lineup. um Oh boy, where do I start? Um, the, the lineup came out, and to be honest, to be honest, like you know, I think the lineup, as we know, more or less picks itself in terms of most of the players. Um, I, I can I can look at this lineup and I can say, you know what, I can understand the rationale behind the vast majority of this selection. You know, um, Ramsdale in goal. Tomiyasu, Gabriel, Ben White, Tierney coming back in makes sense. I think Tavares has done a great job, but I think we've lost sight of his role. And I think as good as he's done, Tierney is our number one. So for me, he should start. I know some people feel it, it was a bit unfair to drop Tavares, but I don't think it is. I think Tavares was under no illusion what his role was, you know, when he signed for Arsenal. Um, so I think Tierney coming back in made sense. Maybe one or two games um, too late for me but it made sense. Um, Partey in midfield, not based on performance, but based on probably ability and reputation, he has to start because he is by far our, our best option in midfield, despite his poor performances. Um, Odegaard, he made the mistake against United with the penalty, but he scored a goal, had a half-decent game against United. Um, Saka, well, you know, he's not had the great season, but I can understand him playing on the right. Martinelli probably deserved to come in um, and Laka obviously came in um, as we dropped Aubameyang. Um, but in all honesty, I, I, I've been sitting here 
kind of reflecting on this decision to bring Xhaka back into the team. And I've not tweeted anything about it, really. Um, I haven't really kind of like singled out the, the, the actual selection. But I honestly, honestly want somebody to explain to me what on earth is Arteta thinking? Because right now, I haven't got a clue what this man is actually doing in terms of picking Jaka for this for this game. The man's been out injured for X amount of months. And you've got Sambi, who's been signed, who's done a fantastic job in the midfield area. You've got El Nene, who you selected against United, but then you just dropped um, against, against Everton. You've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles that you brought on for the you know the odd game here and there, who's 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 done practically well, and for me should be ahead of a player coming back from injury, having played no football, and you just put him straight back into the first eleven. Like it doesn't make any logical sense to me. It it really doesn't, and I don't care. You know, if you got these Shaka fanboys out there saying to me, "Oh, he's Arsenal's best midfielder. He's Swiss captain." I've heard it. Yada 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 yada. I've heard it all before. It just doesn't make logical sense, regardless if this is a Bamiang on form or, or 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 Partey on form. The player has not played for X amount of months. So take away the biasness, whether you're Team Xhaka or, or, or not Team Xhaka. You bring him in into a game, you know, where we're playing an out-of-form Everton side. We need three points because of that dismal performance against Man United. And what do you get? You you get you get exactly what what you asked for, which was nothing. So I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. And at the beginning of the season, I've been very critical of Arteta throughout this season. And the last couple of games, I've said to myself, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it. I'm gonna wait until the end of the season. But I honestly want somebody of of somebody of any kind of brain cell or, or common sense to tell me how on earth it makes sense or made sense to bring Xhaka back into this team because it makes no logical sense to me. To be fair, the fact that he was picked, to be honest, I can't say he really had a bad game because they were all crap. Um, so he was right. He was right at home, to be honest. Um, but I just I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. So, yeah, I, I wasn't happy with the team news. And the tweet I put out was, I'm going to reserve judgment until the game's over. That's what I said. And that should have given people an inkling of how I felt. Because I just honestly didn't get it. And I don't get what Arteta's doing in terms of his team selection. He was doing this all last season where you couldn't guess his lineup. We seem to get a, some 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 form of some form of consistency. And now all of a sudden he just brings Xhaka in just like that. You know, as as Lottie said, 30 seconds of, of, of training and he's back into the first team. Makes no sense to me. But hey, I'm no football I think, expert. I think the thing is, I mean, you're saying there. All of a sudden, he had a, a team that was doing well. It was a fairly consistent team. And he was maybe changing, at most, one player. Yeah. But all of a sudden, the last few games, he's back to this chopping and changing, not seeming to know what his best 11 is. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a problem. You know, we need a settled team. Yeah. And constantly changing it, is, it, it's counterproductive. And I get, at the minute, they're... I understand during December there has to be a little bit more rotation because there's so many games. I mean, I said the other day, there, there's nine games in 31 days. So there has to be an allowance for a little bit of rotation. Yeah. 
But it just seems to be now the last few games that it's it's been more than one player. It's, you know, I think there was four or five changes. Yeah. The other night, um, which is too many at this point. It's too many. Especially when we're trying to build a settled side. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right in everything you say. You know, I, I don't know anybody. Well... There will be people out there, and oh, you, you know exactly oh, yeah. the reasons. Twitter, Twitter will find some. Believe me. Yeah, you know exactly the reasons <laughs> you'll get as to why thirty-four should be picked. Um, but they're all wrong. Quite frankly, mm. they're yeah. all wrong. Yeah. Well, we, we tend to drop more points when he when he plays anyway. So well, we do. You can't Absolutely. argue with me on that. That's mm. just fact. We drop it's more an points. Interesting... When Interesting point here. Gamer DJ says, obviously, Xhaka starting makes no sense to me and no one I know can offer any logic. Um, Whatever and so bad, it's like we could field him, even so. And, and that's the only that's the only thing I could potentially think is that Arteta looked at Everton and thought, you know what, 16th, they've not won a game, imagine, not won a game in eight games. When I say it, it just makes me feel sick. Um, not won a game in eight games. And he just probably thought, well, you know what? May maybe it's one of those games where I could kind of just... Because we all know if he's fit, he's going to be part of Arteta's starting eleven. We know that. So maybe he just thought it was one of those games where he could kind of transition him back into the side. But yeah, that backfired yes, real With quick. him, with him, Damari Gray's always causing problems. How yeah. has Arteta not learned this yet? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, so the, the team news obviously came out. None of us were best thrilled, but I think you two probably felt a bit more positive than I did. But, um, but yeah, you know, um, it, it wasn't great. I, I wasn't in the best mood when, when the team came out. Um, so the, the game obviously started, um, and I don't know about you lot, but I could tell probably from the first couple of minutes that this wasn't going to be um, one of our performances um, that we were going to remember. I, I I personally could kind of envision it from the first kind of first five, ten minutes or so. And to be honest, we're not going to really talk about the game itself. Um, we're going to talk about some pinpoint incidents um, and then we're going to overall talk about the performance itself because really and truly, talking about the performance is going to take so long that we don't even have time to go through all the mis all the disallowed goals, etc. But I think one positive to obviously come from the game itself um, because we do like to try and be as positive as we can um, on this channel, is Odegaard scored. Um, I can't even remember or tell you what minute it is because, quite honestly, I don't care. But it was a wonderful goal. It really, really was. In terms of what came before this goal and what came after it, this was literally a diamond in the rough. Um, it was a fantastic goal. It was a, it was a brilliant pinpoint cross from KT down the left-hand side. Um, and, and what a sublime finish. Now, um, obviously, the, the game wasn't great at this point, um, but that, that was a real a real thing of beauty. Um, Lottie, what, I know you was at the game. Um, obviously, was you not at the game? No, I was at home. I was in Manchester for United. Oh, yes. I keep getting mixed up between the United and I said to you, George went up there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one. That's the one. But yeah, obviously, you watched the game, you know, and so forth. When this went in, like I said, it weren't great before, it weren't great after. But the actual goal itself, what did you make of the finish by Odegaard? Two and two now. I cannot... Do you know what? I'm going to kind of digress from Odegaard, but I have missed Kieran Turney. I cannot describe how much I have missed that man yeah. on that pitch. I mean, I know he was off form before we were injured, but, oh, God, that cross was beautiful. I mean, and obviously the finish from Odegaard was brilliant. Set mm. two goals in two games. Yeah. 
So he's he's on a roll and we need those goals, especially when our forwards don't want to put anything in the net, so to speak, even in the easiest easiest options to do. Yeah, no, definitely. We, we do need that. And I think that's something that um, I've definitely criticised him of. Um, I think when we were, we were looking at attacking midfielders in the summer, I really wanted us to bring in a midfielder that could get us goals. Um, so I'm not, I wasn't convinced by the signing. I'm still not convinced by him. But I'm glad that he scored. He is scoring goals, two and two. Um, you know, we, we can't really ask for more there in terms of in terms of output. Um, Stephen, what did you make of the goal? So I'm going to be honest. Um, I actually only seen the goal last night. Um, yeah. I, I hadn't seen it because I, I said these before the match when I seen the lineup. And I seen 34 in the team. I just, I'm not even watching this. I, I just can't even be bothered. Um, I recorded the game and my wife turned it on sort of about 10 minutes into the second half. So I didn't actually see the first half. I didn't see any halftime analysis or anything. And then after the yeah. game, I just turned the TV off. I just thought like, I got kind of be bothered. So I only actually seen the goal last night. Um, and yeah. so it was kind of nice seeing it, having just calmed down a bit again. Um, yeah. Lovely finish, you know, Showing his technique, showing his ability to get into mm. the right place, um, and I think it's quite telling as well. Um, you know, you're saying obviously you wanted a goal scorer midfielder. It's his third this season, mm -hmm. um, but if you look at it, you know we complained that we weren't getting any goals from midfield last year. <laughs> All of a sudden now it's our midfielders are scoring, and mm -hmm. our forwards aren't. You know, yep. so if we could just get the forward scoring as well, we might be all right. But yeah. it was a lovely finish, um, lovely technique. It really was. And I say, I think he started, for me, he was one of the only players that came out of that match on Monday night with any credit. Yeah. Um, I think he had a good game overall, some lovely touches. Um, I think he controlled a lot of the play. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think he was starting to, to take a bit of a hold on it. Yeah. Um, you know, if he's going to keep playing, I hope he continues mm. to do that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like, like I said, like for me, it was, it was awful before. It was awful after. Um, but that was an absolutely brilliant goal from the cross to the finish. It was absolutely sublime. It's just a shame. Um, you know, before and after weren't weren't that great. Um, okay, so that's for me personally. I don't really have much more in terms of positives to take from the game. Um, and I'm really not going to sit here and, and and waste our time and. And, and the viewers' time talking about all the disallowed goals for, for Everton. And, 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 and to be honest, I don't really want to go through um, the two goals of Everton. I just can't do it. Um, but there is one incident. Um, so, I don't sorry, know. G, just before you go in further, you want to talk yeah. about positives. Can you just bring up that comment by Jamie that he yeah. just put up? So it feels like the first time this week our fullback actually went past his opposite number. Um, and his space in behind Tavares, Tomiyasu, even Saka always stop the cut inside then or, or pass it backwards. Um, yeah, I, I, that is a massive positive with having Casey back. Um, you'll notice Tavares, he's very good at going down, but he does like to cut inside. You know, yeah. before he tries to cross, he will always try to cut inside. And I said that before that, you know, there was one of the games, I think, where he had a little touch through. When he was in, you know, he was in the box, and I said that that was the difference between him and and Tierney was that he likes to come inside into the box a bit more, whereas Tierney will take it down to the byline and cross it in. 
and he yeah. will stick out wide. And that's what we've really missed when Tierney's not been there is somebody out wide yeah. to throw those crosses in. Because, um, and I, I've said this before, it's all well and good having Smith Rowe play out on the left, but Smith Rowe will naturally drift into the middle, which mm. is okay when you've got Tierney coming down the left past him. Tavares doesn't do that, and it weakens that left-hand side, and it weakens the attack on that left-hand side, not even the defence, but it weakens the attack mm. on it. Um, and if we're going to have... If you're not going to play Tierney in defence, then you need an out-and-out left-winger. Mm. And that's what I said in January, we need an out-and-out left-winger if we're not going to be playing Tierney yeah. in defence. Yeah. So, But that was a, it was a real positive... Um, Tierney being back in because he does offer that something different. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, in, t- in terms of the game itself, um, like I said, I, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to mention, um, but for me, it, it just was pretty dire. So um, yeah, other than, like I say, other than that goal itself, and that kind of incorporates the two, you know, having Tierney back and obviously Odegaard putting it away, it was a real positive. But other than that, no- nothing really for me. Um, before we kind of obviously talk about the um, performance itself um, generally, um, there is something that obviously we have to discuss um, because VAR was very busy, very, very busy in this game. Obviously, we had two goals um, by Everton disallowed um, and rightly so. Both were marginally offside from Richardson. However, um, can't remember what minute it was in the game, um, but, you know, this happened. Now... We've been here before as Arsenal fans several times. Last season, it felt like we we, we were look, we were talking about VAR more than we were actually talking about the games. Week in, week out, there was a controversial decision that just didn't go our way. Now, obviously, this happened. Um, Godfrey, who, who is obviously the Everton player, um, some would say stamp, some would say accidentally um, stood on him, you know, whatever whatever your take is, I'm not sure how you can't deem this as dangerous play. Um, now, VAR actually looked at this um, and their decision was to play on um, and offer nothing. So not a red card, not a yellow card. It was just deemed a, a fair challenge. So <laughs> um, who wants to go first with this one? No? You don't want to go first, Lolly? Steven, go on, take it away. All right. Well, firstly, just to, to highlight for you, it happened around about the 20th minute and 39 seconds. Um, okay. Yeah, gee, you've actually got that in your picture. <laughs> oh, have I? Yeah. <laughs> Mate. Um, do you know what? How, how this was not a sending off, I don't know. Um, I've watched it back, you know, as I say, I only watched the first half last night and I rewind, rewind, rewind and watch this back. He knows exactly what he's doing. He he does. But what really gets me is, I don't know if you've seen the the interview with Dermot Gallagher today on Sky. No, I haven't. So Dermot Gallagher has turned around and said that he wouldn't have sent them off either um, because there's an element of doubt and, you know, you can't be 100% sure that there was intent there. Mm. So I'm like, well, hold on a wee sec. If there has to be 100% certainty of intent in a file, there'd never be a file given in any exactly. match ever exactly. in the world. Yeah. Because yeah. 
how can you say, how can any referee say with 100% certainty that there was an intent to foul? There, there's always room for, for ambiguity on these things. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that just was absolute mockery. He then turned around and said the reason that um, Mike Dean wasn't sent to the screen was because generally if the VAR sends the referee to the screen, it's because they believe that, you know, there's a reason for the referee to change his mind. Mm. So basically you're saying that Mike Dean wasn't sent to the screen because he's not capable of making his own opinion. So what's he doing referee in Premier League football matches if he's not capable of making up his own mind? It's, you know, it, it just stinks of, we've said it before that there, there's like some sort of conspiracy. It, it just, it stinks. It really yeah. does. There is something higher up going on that we don't mm. get these decisions. Like how that mm. went against us. Um, and in all honesty, I'm surprised the two goals were ruled offside. Because they were that close, yeah, same. I, I'm same. genuinely surprised. Um, I didn't like the fact that after the match, Richardson put up a picture of him holding the match ball, and mm. Everton, you know, were saying, "Oh, yeah, it was a hat trick." No, it wasn't. Mm. He was offside for yeah. two goals, so he scored yep. once. Give yeah. it a rest, but yeah, yeah. Um, VAR is just a joke. It really is. Mike Dean is a joke of a referee. We all know that. You know, he shouldn't be allowed to referee matches. But the fact that, you know, Dermot Gallagher, who is supposed to be a well-respected referee, is coming out and saying, well, you have to have 100% certainty or you can't give it. And you can't send the referee to the screen because it, it might influence his decision. That's just pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And we've talked about this before, the standard of refereeing in this country. It's time something is done about it. It really is. You know, if I'm Arteta and that happened and they're not even a yellow card, I'd be standing there contemplating pulling the players off the pitch and yeah. saying, nah, we're not playing. Mm. This can't go on. And to be honest with you, he probably should have. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's a fair point. We would have lost the game. We would have had the yeah. fourth of the match. Yeah. But I think the ramifications of it yeah. would have stood up. And, you know, it would have shown something has to yeah. be done about this because it's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, it's 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 a, re- it's a really fair point. It's a fair point. Um, before I obviously give my opinion, Lottie, what did you make of this challenge? <laughs> um, initially, I turned around. I actually tweeted this. It's actually on Twitter. It's still there. Initially, I turned around and said, well, this wasn't intentional. I would have given like, obviously, it's not, it's not a red. And then I've, I've sat there and thought about it. And if you look at the player profile of Godfrey, it's not, he's one of them players that you don't expect this sort of thing from. Mm. If that was 34, and the, it was the other way around, that would have been a red all day long because yeah. of his reputation. Yeah. But I think um, because of Godfrey's reputation, it played a part in it. And and that's why no card was given because mm. it, it's not it's not in his character to do so. Mm. And... <sighs> Look, it is it is it is some form of card as far as I'm concerned, but I don't know. Yeah, Lally, I'm not having not a go. You want to say this, but you know, to make a, a decision based on something in someone's character, it's like how many times have you heard people interviewed on the news 
after someone has like killed their granny mm -hmm. or something so you know something like that and the you know their neighbors have all gone do you know he just never struck me as the sort of person would do that yeah. you know he, yeah. he just came across as a lovely fella you know you just wouldn't think he would he would murder his granny mm. you know just because someone has a good character it doesn't yeah. take away the fact that they committed the crime yeah yeah you know yeah. so good character or not it was a file yeah he should have been carded he should have been off yeah you know what you it know, is for I'm, me i'm not gonna go you lolly when i'm saying no, that. no, I'm no, saying, no, no, you know. no that's why i let you go first yeah yeah you, <laughs> you know what it is for me is like when i watched it and i've watched it a few times like i i'm convinced he knew exactly what he was doing but i just think he was he he very much went around about it very cleverly um but for me I think whether you whether you're you know certified it's a red card, you know whether you're on on the fence and saying no it's not a red because I can't see the intention. For me that, for me I kind of get that to a certain extent, but it's like for me it's a dangerous play. So even if even if you know even if you're just looking at that and you're saying you know what it's pure accident, it still studs in somebody's face. And how you can deem that as not a foul, because that's basically what they've said. By, by, by viewing VAR and coming back and saying that's not even a yellow card, they're basically saying that that's not a foul. And I'm just thinking to myself, how, how is that not a foul? Like, you know what I mean? Even, even if they had came back and said, you know what, we can't see the intention. We think it might be an accident. So give him a yellow card based on dangerous play. I could even understand that to a certain extent. But how they've watched that and thought no action should be taken, I have it's, it's just beyond me. Like literally. And I I still can't believe how VAR has been introduced into the Premier League and it's made things worse. Like I, I don't I, I genuinely don't know how video footage can actually make Premier League officiating in this country worse. But for me, it's worse. And the reason why it's worse is because I can forgive a referee missing something in real time because we're all human beings. The game is fast-paced. You might be able to miss something. But the fact that we've got video footage of these incidents, you can slow them down, you can watch them repeatedly as many times as you want, you know, not just the referee on the pitch, but also a team of referees in, 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 the, in the studio. And they've still looked at that and thought, even at even at best, that's a yellow card and dangerous play. I, I I honestly don't get like how they've looked at that and said, you know what? No, game on. Continue playing. You know, nothing wrong there. It, it's just beyond me. And like you said, Stephen, VAR is an absolute joke. Um, I do I do get what Lottie's saying in terms of um the characteristic of a player. It, it doesn't make it right. I agree with you, Stephen. It doesn't make it right. But what we do know, and, and that's just from our own players, in that we've seen our players do challenges and they get red cards. And we've seen rival teams do the exact same challenge, different player, and it's, and it's, and it's not given as a red. So regardless of it being right or wrong, we know the officials do it. They, 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 they do have bias in them because what, you know, you can see a red card for one team, you see the exact same thing for another side and, and, and they officiate differently. And for me, that can only be based on either club bias or player bias. 
Um, it's it's just madness. But I, I don't know, you know, what, what world we're living in where that cannot be at least deemed minimum a yellow card. Uh, it's beyond me. It's this, my issue with it, it's this, this statement of the intent. You know, mm. there was no intent in it. Well, yeah. People get sent off, you know, 34 get sent off against Man City for a mm. bad file. Did he intend to commit a bad file? No. Yeah. He intended to try and make a tackle. Even I don't mean to be funny. We all know he doesn't learn. He that is one of yeah. his signature things. You no, can't. No, no, no. I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not having a go at you, but he doesn't yeah. learn. No, I, I'm not defending him. I'm not defending him in any way. You know, he should have been sent off, and I said that at the time. But the fact that what I'm saying is he didn't intend to foul. He intended to try and make the tackle to get the ball. Yeah. Mm. It was a bad tackle. Yeah. So, in the, yeah, as Carl says there, intent isn't relevant. If yeah. you make a bad foul, it's still a foul. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether it was intended or not. You can't mm. just say, oh, well, do you know what? He didn't mean it, so let's just play on. You know, you just get up there, you know, Tommy Asu ends up with a cut chin. It was the same um, a couple of seasons ago when Vardy did a spinning roundhouse kick on the floor and, you know, left his studs yes. in Mustafi's head. Yes, yes. You know, Mustafi's running about the pitch with four stud marks in the side of his face. Yeah. It's dangerous play. And nothing was given. Foul. No, it yeah. was dangerous play. It doesn't matter yeah. whether he intended to do it or not. It was still yeah. dangerous. Yeah. And it was the same with Tommy, Af Tommy Asu and Godfrey. And actually, Cal had put in there, he could have had three yellow cards outside of that. Yeah. He already should have been on a yellow yeah. card before that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Very, very true. Mike Dean's just an absolute embarrassment. He is yeah. a joke of a referee. He should not be allowed. You know, I've said it before, but it could possibly be opinion about Mike Dean, but I know said it about some of the refs, that they should be investigated for some of these decisions and some of the things they get away with. And it's not just us. You know, it's very, it's very easy for us to sit here as Arsenal supporters and say we're victimised. We do seem to get a lot of it, but there's other teams out there. And I'm sure, you know, if you watched other channels for other teams, they'd be sitting here going, saying the same thing. Oh, we yeah. got, you know, we didn't get the VAR. Mm. Decision. VAR has not worked. It needs to be scrapped mm. or else. Yeah, 100%. You know, why is it working in other countries, but not working here? Mm. It's the standard of the officials. They're not yeah. good enough. Yeah, the, the, system, the system is only as good, yeah. you know, as the people that use it. I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'm sure I'll, I'll say this a hundred times for supposedly the greatest football league in the world. We have some of the worst referees. So why 100%. they don't go out, you know, they want the clubs to go out and spend money and bring in the cream of the talent from around the world to promote the premier league. Why are the premier league not going out and get the cream of the talent in the referees and bringing them over yeah. because this can't go on. It really can't. And, and genuinely, I would 100% have backed Arteta if he had told the players to leave the pitch. Mm. I wouldn't have cared if we'd have lost the three points. I'd 100% backed them after that. I think and a lot I would of if it happens again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you want to say something, Lottie? No? No problem. Um, so, obviously, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, if it's best to to talk about the, the the general kind of performance now. It probably is because some of the other stuff I've got coming up is, is more kind of delving deeper into some of the, the issues or, or, or individual performances. So 
Well, obviously the game ended 2-1. Um, we lost. Um, you know, we we it, it was a really, really poor performance. Um, you know, we're now dropping down the table. I believe Man United, I think Man United a point above us. Um, Tottenham are two points ahead of us with a game in hand. So all of a sudden, off the back of two defeats, it, it's not it's not looking as as optimistic as as it as it was um, all but a week week and a half ago. Um, but just generally, um, before we kind of delve into some of the other issues that obviously have arisen since the game, Lottie, I'll come to you first. Just just your general thoughts because I know you've been you've been really active um, on Twitter. Um, some some good, some obviously not so good in terms of your interactions. Um, what what did you actually make of just just the overall performance um, against Everton? Excuse my French, but it was absolutely piss poor. <laughs> what else can I say about it? It was boring. I've I've got to be honest with you. Halfway through, like halfway through the second half, I started playing um, eight ball pool on my phone. Literally, I haven't done that in years, and I'm sitting there yeah. playing games while the football's on. It's just something I don't normally do. Yeah. And it's just this decision after decision from each individual player. And I was just like, what are you doing? They haven't won anything in this X amount of games. And you're letting them completely walk all over you. Yes, it was hailing up there. But that's the weather shouldn't affect how you play. Mm. You're, you're meant to play in come wind, come rain, come snow. Mm. I mean, the only person who fries in hell is KT and we know that. The rest yeah, of them yeah. they're a bit of whip, they're like a bunch of wimps. But it's just I don't know what was going on. I think it might be a case of season since earlier. It was too many changes too fast. Mm. Too quickly. And with I really don't want to blame it, but with him coming on and party being off form, there's no midfield there. Absolutely mm. no midfield at all. And Demari Gray was let to run rings around them. Yeah. Absolute rings. I mean, if Everton had to rely on someone, it would be him to get a goal in the net with no DCL around. Mm. I know that because I've got him in my fantasy football team. <laughs> so I just, yeah, it's boring. It's piss poor and boring. That's all I can describe it as. Cool. Obviously, Stephen, I'm going to come to you now with regards to performance without going into too much detail about particular players or, or Arteta himself, because we're going to touch on those things. Just the kind of general performance um, itself. What did you make of it? Yes, yeah, Chwanti. I didn't think of that. That's really good. I would use the explanation. That's it. It really was. It was poor. Um, as Lottie said, it was boring. You said it during the first half and on our WhatsApp group that you were going to turn it off and put a box set yeah. up. I don't even watch the first half, you know, and I only like said I only watched it last night. Um, I just, I don't know. 34, you know, he did the same thing. I'm not going to, I don't know if we're going to touch more on, on him. Is he one of the players you're planning on talking about? Right, well, then I'll mention Yeah, go ahead. Um, he did what he always does. He, he stat padded by coming on and, you know, passing sideways. And his only forward passes were all out to the left of Tierney. Um, for me, arguably, he was at fault for both goals. Um, you know, the first one, he tracked back and then just stopped. He just stopped running back. 
instead of making a tackle, he just, you know, he seen Ben White coming out and he just decided, oh, I'll just stop running mm-hmm. now. Um, and that's where I think it was the Mary Gray had the shot that hit the crossbar and then obviously Richarlison heads it in. He was slow. He just, he looked gassed out after about 25 minutes. Not played for two cl- months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he made a clumsy tackle. Mm. Arguably, you know, he had to make the, the tackle where he got the yellow card. He had to make the tackle. The problem is he can't tackle. It's like watching Paul Scholes, only Paul Scholes could pass. Yeah. You know, 34 can't tackle, but he had to make that tackle. So he, he kind of got to let him away with that. But as soon as he got booked, he should have been hooked. Yeah. Because his biggest problem is once he gets booked, he's done. He, he's not in the game. And you've seen that for the second goal. He ran at the player. He ran at Andre Gomez and then pulled up and went like this and jumped past him, mm. allowing Andre Gomez to run on. You know, all he had to do was put his foot through the ball and that, that attack was done. So, you know, Things like that were just, it was just so poor. Substitutions at the wrong the wrong time. You know, he should have been pulled, brought off the pitch. Um, but the performance overall, not good enough. It really mm. wasn't. Missing chances, you know, Nkedia and Aubameyang both missing chances. It just, it, it's just not good. It's not fun to watch at the minute. Mm. And even during the winning not the winning streak but the unbeaten streak it wasn't particularly great to watch yep but I excused it because we were winning mm-hmm. you know and I said I said before you look back at George Graham days when we were winning 1-0 and the, the song was 1-0 to the Arsenal but we didn't mind because we were winning 1-0 mm-hmm. and we went on to win a league title you know we're, we're a million miles from winning a league title right now mm-hmm and I know we're going to come on the Artella and stuff, but it's easy to understand why so many people are turning. Yeah. 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 Well, for me, yeah, it was, um, if, if I'm completely honest, I wasn't surprised by the performance. Um, you know, I, I've said from, from, you know, and, and you guys, you guys can vouch, you know, from, early early on in the season um i've said you know that i'm not so much i'm not even talking about arteta here right now i've just not been convinced with the performances um there have been many games where i know some of us have even disagreed you know i can go back to the two one nil wins against norwich and burnley that i thought we were very fortunate to get um the two two draw at palace in my opinion brighton completely played us off the park um, and there have been some dreadful performances, let alone the, the slappage we got from, from City, from Chelsea, from Brentford in the opening game of the season. For me, bar the Spurs 45, Villa and Leicester game, I, I've, I've really not been impressed. For me, those games were the standout performances for me. So for me, this was just yet another poor performance. And... I think what is so worrying is that after the United game, I think we were all looking for a response from the team. Like, there's no, you know, those players must have been gutted 
coming off that pitch against United, losing 3-2. Because it was one of those games where it was it was a bit of a scrappy game, but had we played better, we could have we could have we could have got something from that great from that game. We probably should have got something, but had we played better, we probably would have beat United. And then we think to ourselves, okay, we've got Everton, you know, 16th place, have not won a game in eight games, not scoring, conceding all over the place, and we put in a performance like that. I think that's what was really worrying for me was that we were playing a poor team, you know, riddled with injuries, completely off form, and that was the best performance we could put in. For me, that is a huge, huge concern. Um, and the other thing about it is, like you said, I tweeted and I said to you guys, I was bored. I was bored out of my mind watching that. The football is horrible. It's rubbish. Like in all honesty, you know, I, I can't, I can't actually, um, you know, look at it and and say, you know, kind of mince, mix my words or, or 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 try and pretty it up. The football is rubbish. That is, it's that simple. It's not entertaining. We don't look like we're gonna score a goal at all. And when we do score, it's a moment of brilliance, whether it be from ESR, whether it be, you know, a ricochet or, or, or an Odegaard goal. But it's it's just, it's dire to watch and it's not entertaining. I, I, I'm not enjoying it. And when I watch Arsenal, I literally feel myself like, I, you know, I do remember the days when I, when I got so much enjoyment from watching Arsenal. And I just feel as though, yes, you know, those days are gone. Yes, you know, we've somewhat been spoiled with our previous success. But I just don't know. Like, for me, it's just not rocket science to, to, to put together, you know, better displays than, than, than what we're actually seeing at the moment. So, for me, the performance was dreadful. Um, the, the, the offensive play was practically non-existent. Um, and just the general play from the players and the effort, the fight, you know, it just wasn't there. And... You know, given the fact that we we just lost three to at Old Trafford, I, I was expecting more. I was expecting a reaction. And even when we got to half time, I thought to myself, okay, you know, they're gonna go in half time and Arteta's gonna give them, you know, the hair dryer treatment and they'll come out and, and they'll perform. But if anything, it got worse. It it was it was dreadful. It was, and it, there's no there's no other word for that performance other than absolute rubbish. Um, and I, I, I really, really am trying my best to not, you know, to to do the whole Arteta out thing. Because as you guys know, I've, I've not been convinced by him. I'm not convinced by this team. Um, and I'm really trying my best to, to not do that because I don't think it helps. It, it doesn't necessarily make it help the situation regardless. I think it's important to support the lads, important to support him for as long as he's at the club. Um, but yeah, a couple more performances like that and, I'm not sure how, how how much how much patience I have with regards um, this manager, but yeah, generally um, a really poor performance um, from me, and I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, but we're going to um, obviously go through some comments um, before we kind of delve a little bit deeper into just you know some of the other players and problems at Arsenal at the moment. Um, and we'll go here. Actually, first we'll go to Antonio. Good evening, Antonio. How Mike Dean is still an official baffles me. Yeah. Baffles all of us, I think. I've been asking um, questions since the Diego Costa Cashoni incident. Yeah. At Chelsea. It's just, it's just crazy. Like I don't think any of these officials go for any any form of performance management. I don't think the FA have any structure of performance management. Because if they did, I, I honestly don't know why these guys are, are still officiating. Um I swallow underscore come. Um 
oh my god, he's just done that. You know, he's just done me on on a live, innit? <laughs> he's literally done me on a live. You know what? I'm not all right. I'm actually not all right. Yeah, I'm not all right about with you coming in your handle and coming on my show and spoiling the vibes, man. I'm not all right, mate. <laughs> I can't believe he's done that, you know. I rate you though. I rate you though. I rate you. You, you got me. You got me. Anyway, Tom, moving on swiftly. Um, it was definitely a tough 48 hours. Um, Sunday slash Monday. Um, next, we've got Albert JTV. Nice Albert. Lottie, stop laughing. Um, what a horror show at Goodison Park. Sorry, to, sorry to bleak, but things are not going to get better. What does not help is that some sections of our fan base are zero enablers when it comes to our Teta. And we're going to talk about Ateta a little bit later. Smash the like button, people. Thank you, Albert. Big up, Albert. Um, Calvin here. The manner of the capitulation bothered me so much more than the United game, which I took some optimism from. Not just the players. I felt Ateta didn't react to no goals due to VAR. And you change. You change now. Okay. Um, Antonio, need to get a consistent goal scorer come January. Um, Cal, I'd be slightly fearful if we had DCL that the goals wouldn't be flowing as they should, but it is going in the right direction. Yes, Uber missed, but how many chances? Um, Gary, hello, G, Lottie, Stephen, hello, Gary, hope you're well. Um, Antonio G misses Wenger Ball, we all do, trust me, I do massively miss it. Um, Chris, if Richardson could have checked his run, we would basically have lost 4 1 to a side who got outplayed by Watford. And we're terrible against Brentford. Very, very good point. And um, Gary, first thing I hear is G talking about, I won't repeat it. Yeah, don't repeat it. Don't repeat it whatsoever. I don't even, mate, I tell you, if I weren't live, boy. Hmm. Anyway, Cal, you could have styled it out, G, respect. Um, next, uh, haha, I've really cousin. Yeah, nah, I, I'm not too best pleased with that, if I'm honest. Anyway, is what it is. Ben, it doesn't help the youngsters are carrying the senior pros. That should never happen. Uba Laka and Ketia Jaka are not top six players. They have been removed from our squad for us to progress. And I don't know what that means. I'm not sure, Samantha Bates. I'm not sure what that means. V-O-Y for your information. I'm not too sure. I don't know. Elaborate, please. Anyway, so we're going to move on. Um, I think it was on Monday, a little bit earlier than um, the game itself, there was an interview with uh, Thomas Partey. Um, and he actually came out and had said that it, he was asked a question in terms of his performance at Arsenal so far since he'd been transferred um, to the club. And he actually gave himself a four out of ten. Now, Partey was probably one of the worst players um, on the pitch against Everton. I, I saw a stat that said he lost more duels, nine out of 14, more than any other player on the pitch. We've got to have this conversation about Partey. Um, it's a conversation I, I've actually tried to stay clear of because I really hate kind of singling out players. He's a player I really rated. I can't really blame Arsenal or the recruitment for bringing him in because I wanted us to sign him. I didn't argue at the fee because I thought he was, a, you know, well, I, I, I class him as a world-class player. So what, what's gone wrong with Partey? And is this guy ever going to recapture the form he showed at Atletico Madrid? Lottie. 
You're on mute. Sorry, I do apologise. Um, no, he's not. He's not wrong at all. He's been apart from maybe his. He finally got his goal, and that was about it. Is he hasn't? He doesn't yeah. exactly light up the world, does it? At the moment. I mean, it's for him to honestly come out and say and give himself a four. Good on him. He's at least he's honest and he's not. He doesn't give all the BS like some of these other players do. Mm. Um, thinking they're they're doing fine and they're really not. So, just he needs to step, needs to step up. We need some more goals. I mean, Sambi needs to stop t- stop taking shooting lessons off him for a start because that's just it's not working. I know Sambi Sambi needs to work on his end product, but he doesn't need to learn from Pi. Definitely not. Don't want that. But yeah, no, it's just. It's a four out of ten, and he's 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 not working hard enough. Yes, he's been played by injuries, but he needs to step up as a senior player. He's been in the team long enough for it as well. Stephen, um, firstly, you're absolutely right, Lottie, about the, the shooting lessons. But I, who do you suggest he gets shooting lessons from in that squad at the minute? Because none of them could have barn door like. <laughs> really couldn't. You have to teach himself. Yeah. Sorry, um, but if you look back at Sambi's stats, there is his goals are very minimal. He led his he led Anderlecht, but his goals were minimal as a midfielder. In terms of party giving himself a, a rating of four, I have to say I think he was a little generous, to be honest. Um, because I don't think he's been good enough to be a four. Yeah. Um he's been such a letdown. He really has, you know. And we we kind of we excused it because he was coming back from injury and he you know he kept getting wee knocks and being injured and then out of the team and you know wasn't getting a proper run of game. So we, we kind of excused the performances a little. Um but he's been in the side all season, pretty much. And he's done next to nothing. You know, we talked him up in terms of we a much quicker transition between attack and defence. With him in there, that you know he moves the ball forward an awful lot quicker and a lot more progressive. Um, but even that has slowed down again. And I think I think not having Pepe on the pitch hurts him because Pepe's one that's always looking for space in behind, and mm-hmm. that's where you know parties looking for those balls. But he doesn't have them, you know. So he's having to make the the slow sideways passes and stuff like that but he's just I don't know he's just not cutting up for me um and he needs to raise his game or else in the summer sell him mm. sell him yeah it's it's a tough one with party because like I said it's like it, it's such a difficult one because I, I can't argue with the signing you know I can't argue with the signing I don't think I don't think we can fool anybody at the club because the performances he, he was putting in at Atletico Madrid, um, the type of player we saw playing in the Champions Leagues and so forth, it, it, it made it made sense to me, you know, bringing them to Arsenal. But for whatever reason it is, it, it's just it's just not worked. Um, it's not working. Um, and I, I just really hope that he can turn it around. But yeah, his performances have just been awful. Like, I think we, we were definitely looking at, you know, signing a, a midfield general, someone who could dominate the midfield, you know, who could beat a man, you know, go up the pitch 10, 20 yards, pick out a pass. And we're just not seeing it. Like, I, I saw him 
you know, I'm seeing him missing five, ten yard passes, being dispossessed, you know, numerous occasions, but getting caught on the ball. Um, his shooting, I just, I, I really don't get it. I really don't get it. I know, I know, we were talking about him learning from from other players, but like your professional footballer, like if that's something that you know is really lacking in terms of your game, then you need to stay behind after training. You need to put in extra sessions. You need you need to to, to fix that. Um, or personally, just don't shoot. Do you know what I mean? Just, if you find yourself in a position where you want to shoot, pick a pass. Um, and I'm all for encouraging players to shoot because you know for for many years you know we criticised you know Arsenal players not 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 actually you know just just trying to take a shot but yeah it's just not working in terms of you shooting but he's been a massive disappointment and it really kind of burns me to say that because I didn't really want to get to that point where I'd kind of think to myself you know what I'm not sure if he's actually going to transition to the Premier League and and in all honesty I'm not sure. Um, given his age, because I know he's no spring chicken. I think he's 28, 29. Um, he's obviously played the vast majority of his football in La Liga. And La Liga is very different um, to the Premier League. Um, as having this conversation on the Arsenal underscore show the other night, I think it was on Sunday, um, and they were talking about like just how different La Liga is. And some people, um, I think there was a comment or a question, and it was about, um, questioning whether that's the issue, the pace of the Premier League being so different to the league is is the reason why he he's struggling. He just doesn't have that time on the ball. I personally feel like the Premier is different from La Liga, but I do think he has enough ability to transition from La Liga to the Premier League. At the same time, we know you know great players, good players, world class players, you know, have struggled moving from one league to another. So it's it's one of those things where, like, obviously he hasn't found form. He should be off to African Cup of Nations, you know, in 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 not so near future. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough one. It really is a tough one. But I think, you know, I rate Partey. However, if Partey doesn't find form, he's one of the players that we need to find form, probably along with Aubameyang and quite a few others. And if they don't find form, we're going to really, really struggle to, to, to even come close to that top six. Because for me, he is a top six player. He's one of the players um, in the Arsenal team that, you know, he could challenge for a top six spot. Uh, he could challenge for a place in a top six team. However, on current form, he wouldn't get anywhere near some of those squads. Um, so it is a it is a real, real big issue. And, and, and I just hope that he can find form um, at some point because, you know, right now we desperately need him. I do think it's telling that he had one of his worst performances of the season. Yeah. When some with another player comes back into the team. You know, 34, and I know, you know, it may sound very biased because I, I don't rate him as a player, but he is slow. He yeah. turns like an oil tanker. And Party is, Party is not a defensive midfielder. Yeah, and a lot of people thought we bought him as a defensive midfielder. We did. He's not a defensive. He's a box to box player, mm. but he's having to sit back when thirty four is on the pitch. He's having to stay back and cover for him. And I don't think you know. I think he was trying to play further forward on Monday night. You know, he was trying to get involved, but because he was so conscious of what was going on behind him, mm. it affects his game. And I think you find that any time he's playing with someone who's less mobile. And he knows he's going to have to get back to cover. Yeah, it affects his game. 
he's been much better with Sambi next to him because Sambi is a mobile defensive midfielder. Mm. You know, he, he can have more confidence that Sambi's going to get across and make the tackles and cover the ground. But 34 is not. So I, I, do, I do think it, a, a large part of it is who he's playing with as well yeah. and the players around him. Um, he's one of those sort of players that he does need better quality around him to bring the best yeah. out in him. Yeah. So All right now he hasn't got that. No. Yeah. Crazy. Well, we'll, we'll go to some of the comments now. Um, so next up, Gary Partey gave himself gave himself um, a full rating, then said, "Hold my beer." Yeah. Well, we didn't really put in a performance. Uh, Chris, when this overhyped world beating player going to turn up? For me, he's been terrible. When he's not injured, he doesn't seem to affect the game in any way. Cal, it's not possible that a manager or other coach can mess up players, is it? I, I don't know. I, I know definitely some players, you know, play better. I definitely feel as though um, players or just people in general can perform when they are managed or coached under different people. Um I don't necessarily feel that that's the issue with regards Partey. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say the reason why he was playing so well at Atletico Madrid was because of Simeone. Um, me personally, I wouldn't say that, but I guess maybe some people would have that opinion. Do you think? Do you think? Um, obviously, the difference between being coached by Simeone and Arteta could be a reason why he's he's not playing so well at Arsenal. I think when you're playing in Atletico Madrid and your midfield, you know you're playing alongside. Saul Nunes, but yeah. you know, arguably he's not getting a game for, for Chelsea, but is a you know was when he was at Atletico a world class midfielder. Yeah, you know the difference between playing with that and playing with thirty four. Mm. You know, it, it's a massive downgrade. Yeah, um, the quality of players around him at Atletico is so much better. Yeah, it's true, very true. Like so yes, and there is an argument for the you know Arteta or whatever whoever the coach should be should mm. affect things, but it also comes down to the quality of the players around mm. you. Yeah. And do you know who said that? Thirty four himself. Hmm. You know, came out and made a comment about the, the quality of the players around him. You know, wow. unfortunately, he's one of the worst. But you know, he's not wrong in that the, the quality yeah. of the players around certain players will make certain players better. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Do you think there's any truth or, or any kind of reason to that, Lottie, with regards to the manager? Do you think Do you that could what? be a reason why Partey's not playing well? I've got a slight soft spot for Atletico Madrid, so I know what Partey can do. So, yeah. in the irony of 34 saying that, saying that is just unbelievable. But he had a point. Mm. It's the players around him that made him look better than he actually is, I'm afraid. I mean, Maybe he's at a part, he's at that point where he's sick of carrying 34. Mm. Has anybody thought of that? But he hasn't been playing for a couple of months, so I can't really say that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Gary, Lottie, all the back line besides KT is getting shooting training from Partey. Um, Arteta's brother. Um, is he our Varon? Mm. Like I said, he, he won't be the first player in the Premier League to come with a massive reputation. Um, big money and, and and not necessarily, you know, fulfill his potential. Um, Chris, if he thinks he's that bad, then why isn't he doing anything about it to improve? Does he just not have the confidence in those around him? 
Well, yeah, Steve, you kind of, Stephen, you kind of said that. Um, a lot of it could be to do with, you know, the players he's got around him. I think he's massively now lacking in confidence. Um, when I saw him, when I saw him particularly in, watched him in Everton game, he just looks an absolute shadow of the player that um, I watched in, a, in, in a, so in an Atletico Madrid shirt. Just, just completely different. Um, and and it's actually it was actually quite sad to watch, really, at times because he just he just didn't look like the player I know he is. Um, just just being dispossessed, you know, misplacing passes, getting caught on the ball, um, just just doesn't look good whatsoever. Like didn't stand out at all in that match for both Arsenal or, or even amongst the Everton players, which which is not good for a player of his quality. Um, Partey needs a number nine. He's going negative sideways and backwards, and that's not his game. He came to see, he can see a pass through midfield. Others can't, but with lack of options in front of him, it's a struggle. I'm sorry, but Ben's hit the nail on the head there. Mm. I think but that goes back to what I said about having Pepe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, because when Partey wants to release the ball, there's 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 no real options for him to kind of release the ball. So it's almost like he ends up just with the ball at his feet and what does what he do? do kind of thing? Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? If you watch where Saka and Smith Rowe start their runs from, they're very yeah. far back. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're basically in our own half yeah. a lot of the time. So yeah. there isn't there isn't that space for him to pass the ball into. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pepe, arguably, you know, an informed Pepe will see space in behind. Yeah. An informed Partey could put that ball into that space yeah, and allow Pepe to run onto it. Yeah. So having the two of them playing in tandem would be really good or a number nine who can make those runs. Yeah. Gary says here, I believe I heard someone say that at the 60-minute mark when number 34 got tired, the game turned. Um, Partey, like Uber, is arts too much um, and it takes away from their game, I think. Keith, think G, think the Spanish league and our league are two different animals. I did say that on the, the hardest on the show league in the on, world. Yeah, I did say that on the show um, on Sunday. Chris, he can't take the ball and step forward because he's probably thinking if he does, those lot behind can't handle it if the ball gets lost and he's out of position. Um, Gary, it's been a long time since Partey has made that nice pass to Odegaard. Not sure I've seen him make that pass to anyone else. Right, so the next thing we're going to talk about, um, which is probably the most bleakest thing in terms of Arsenal right now, um, and and right now there's there's not a lot to be positive about at the present moment. Um, so instead of kind of talking about all these players individually, I thought I'd just make a bit of a collage, um, and I just literally took you know all, all the kind of forward players that you know. As Arsenal fans, we kind of expect to get goals. Um, obviously, in the last couple of games, for whatever reason, haven't got goals well all season, really. And obviously, the ones that are being benched. So, you know, Aubameyang, as we know, um, literally right now, cannot just cannot find the net. Um, had an absolute sitter against United to make it three three, and I had an absolute sitter against Everton, having come off of having come off the bench on the eighty six minute. Um, could have drew the game. Um, we've got Eddie, who missed an absolute sitter in, in the Everton game as well. Lacazette was obviously brought in to replace Aubameyang, but really didn't offer much of a goal threat 
um, throughout the 90 minutes. Um, and Pepe sitting on the bench um, in the last two games when we've needed a goal or we've been chasing the game. Arteta has, has you know, decided to, to bring on Eddie um, instead of Pepe. Bit of context in that Eddie obviously is rejected by all accounts, the, the most recent um, contract offer um, from Arsenal. Um, we'll probably leave the club in January, if not January, definitely in September. Um, so, yeah, dig into that um, and let me know your thoughts about about Arsenal's misfiring strike force. Go ahead, Lolly. It's been two and a half years and nothing's changed. What can I say? It's just got worse and worse and worse and worse. I mean, I just don't know how Eddie's still here. He should have been gone. And as for the other two, I mean, I'm I'm humbly still eating my words from the hat trick that Bamiyan scored. I'm forgetting it was only West Brom, you know? Yeah. It's just oh I don't know what I can say about this lot. I mean that Everton game was screaming out for Smith Rowe, and it just shows you how much we rely on the kid. It's just, it's appalling. It really is. Um, I don't know what I can else I can say about this mm. lot. I just even I can score some of the the sitters they've missed this season. Mm. Looking at this, looking at these four players, yeah, four players on on this screen right now, Lottie. Mm. Would you lose any sleep if we got rid of all four of them between now and next summer? No. As long as we got some quality in, absolutely not. I know Lacazette's good around the club, but Lacazette is looking like to go. So, mm. I really because if as of January he can now talk to other clubs. Yeah, Bamiyang doesn't want to be here. He's sitting on the, he's sitting on his big fat paycheck. He doesn't care. Don't know what's going on with Pepe. Just he's just su such a hit and miss. And as mm. I said, Eddie shouldn't be here. I don't see the point of Eddie. Sorry. Yeah. Stephen, give me your thoughts on these four. This quartet. Laka. I'm all right with Laka. Laka's a, he, he tries. He's never been the forward we thought we were getting, but he tries and he still tries now. Yeah. Um, the fact that he wants to leave, again, I don't really have an issue with the fact that he wants to leave. He's mm. in the twilight of his career. He wants to be first choice striker. He's not going to get that at Arsenal. So yeah. I'm okay with it. He's he's probably the best of what we have when it comes to playing with the younger players. Yeah. You know, he, he provides more than anybody else. Um in Kedia, I don't get it. I just don't get why Arteta has brought in Kedia on. He is, doesn't want to be at the club. He said, you know, he's he's rejecting the contract. And arguably we're only offering them the contract. So that we can sell him and try and get some money. Yeah, you know I don't think we're really offering him a contract because we think he's the long-term future of our our striking, you know, options. So I think he probably knows that, but he's just not good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. He's just not good, and the fact that even in the first half you seen when I think who it was Martinelli went down potentially in the first half. Yeah. Um, or no, Saka went down, sorry, in the first half um, with a knock. And he sent Nketiah out to warm up. Um, you're just sort of going, why? Mm. Why are you contemplating bringing on Eddie Nketiah, a player who has no interest 
in progressing his career at this club when you have Nicolas Pepe, who who needs some minutes on the pitch, sitting on the bench, doing nothing. I, I, I just don't get what the issue is. I've said before, you know, it, it's known that Arteta has spent a lot of time with Pepe individually in yeah. training, trying to, you know, improve his, his form. But he, I understand the need to, to show what you can do in training. But training and being on the pitch are two different things. You know, being in a match environment is completely different. It's the same, you know, you talk about players coming back from injury. Training is a completely different environment than match practice. You know, being match yeah. fit is completely different from being fit. So and it's the same thing with it, with actually playing football and having that confidence. There's a difference between doing something in training and doing it on a match pitch. He needs to get on the pitch. He needs some minutes. And why we're bringing on Eddie and Kedia, who is who's just not a good player. You know, he's not good enough standard to be at Arsenal. And we've said this before. Why they're bringing Eddie and Kedia on, or Teddy's bringing Eddie and Kedia on, I just don't get it. And then that leaves Aubameyang. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, the, you know, the system we play doesn't suit Aubameyang. Gary there, and Gary, you know I love you, and you know, I respect everything you have to say. But this this sort of argument being asked to do too much, and, and I've said it myself, that maybe the captaincy weighs too heavy on him. But at the same time, you take that aside, he's supposed to be a world-class striker, or certainly yeah. a world-class finisher. He's missing sitters. And he can't finish his dinner. Mm. You know, saying that the system doesn't suit him, and we're not creating the chances for him, you know I'm not a great one for, for stats and uh, and all these silly meal-up stats like XG and you know pre-assists and nonsense like that. I, I'm not even a big fan of assists, to be honest. But, you know, if you want to argue XG, Aubameyang has the highest XG of any player in the Premier League outside of anybody that plays for Liverpool. So wow. only a couple of players at Liverpool have a higher XG Batman. Mm. So it's not that we're not creating chances for him, it's he's not putting them in the back of the net. Yeah. And a world class finisher shouldn't need a dozen chances. Ian Wright didn't get a dozen chances a game. Mm. But he put an awful lot of them in the back of the net. Yeah. You know, Thierry Henry probably got more chances per game than, than most because of the team he was playing with, but he also yeah. put them in the back of the net. Aubameyang used to put them in the back of the net. The fact is he's getting the chances and he's not putting them in the back of the net. He's not the player he was. Mm. And whether that's because he doesn't care, whether it's because he's just, he's lost form, or whether it's just he's going downhill. Mm. You know, that he, he he will never return to that that player. But he needs replaced. Yeah. It's, you know, we can argue, as I say, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we're going to come on to Arteta, we can argue Arteta's choices and Arteta's tactics and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, when he is presented with an opportunity in front of goal, he's not putting the ball in the back of the net. And that's what he's been paid 300 grand a week to do. Mm. There's, there's no excuses. Yeah. Only he can fix that. Yeah. You know, Arteta can't come and pull the goalkeeper out of the way and, and empty the net for him. He has to put the ball in the back of the net himself. So, mm. 
Yeah, for, for, for me, with regards to these four players, I'm, I'm going to be brief, to be honest. Um, Eddie, I have no idea why he's on the pitch. Um, he doesn't want to be at the club. And like you said, Stephen, um, I respect his decision that he doesn't want to play for Arsenal anymore. He wants game time. So why are we calling upon him? I have really no idea. Um, personally, I want him gone in January. I don't even want to. I don't. I don't. Obviously, if he if he goes for free on in the summer, he goes for free in the summer. But if we can ship him out at a cut price in January, I'd rather do that. Free up, free up some space in the squad to get a striker in. Um, he's just not good enough to play for Arsenal, in my opinion. Um, Lacazette. I get what you're saying about. You know him trying, Stephen, and I, I can't argue with that. Um, he does try, um, and again, what you said with regards to him not being the player that we bought—that's for sure. Um, he's not the answer. We know that to to to, to misfiring um, Abamyang, um, and he never will be the answer. Um, and his future lies elsewhere. So for me, if he doesn't go in January, he'll be gone in the summer as well. So that's two players, really and truly, that that their their future doesn't actually lie at Arsenal. And I think maybe that's a bit of the problem that we've got. We've got players that probably are kind of eyeing up their their, their next club, their next move. Um, Pepe is very similar to the Partey situation in that, you know, I, I was really behind the signing. Um, I can't fault really and truly the recruitment team. Um, I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and saying, yeah, we spent this amount of money on this player. We got it wrong. What are we doing? They don't know what they're doing because I would have signed him. Now, I know I'm not a scout expert or don't have the information they have, etc. But from what I saw Pepe, I thought he'd absolutely be a perfect match for us. And it's just not worked out um, for whatever reason. Um, and I don't think you can necessarily blame Arteta. I think Pepe's had chances in the Arsenal team. Um, and at this point, I'm not quite there yet. But in all honesty, I wouldn't lose any sleep um, if we sold him um, in January or the summer. Um, which is really sad because I, I've, I've wanted nothing more than than his transfer to work out and for him to just be banging in goal after goal for Arsenal. But it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And Aubameyang, yeah, I totally agree um, with you guys. He, he's, he's not firing. I don't know whether it's a lack of form. I don't know whether it's a lack of confidence, a lost appetite for the game. Um, what Lottie says with regards sitting on a paycheck, or whether it's a decline, you know, given the fact that he's turning 33. And and to be honest, I don't really care what it is that's causing him to not score goals. Um, he just needs to either start scoring goals or we need to just replace him ASAP. Um, you know, we can sit here and, and, and try and, you know, figure it out. But really and truly, we shouldn't have to. You know, like you said, Stephen, he's not doing what he's paid to do. He's the highest paid player at Arsenal. And he's missing sitter after sitter. We're not even talking about difficult chances. And we can't even argue and say, okay, you know, like you said, we can argue, we can sit here and say the system doesn't suit him. We can sit here and say, you know, he's not getting chances. But the chances he is getting, he's squandering them. He, you know, he's putting them wide. He's fluffing them. He's, he's, he's putting them straight into the keeper's hand. So he's not doing his job. And that's why, you know, he's not doing a job that he's supposed to do. It's the same job why we were so desperate for him to sign that contract because pre-signing that contract, he was doing it. And let's be fair, let's take a move aside COVID. Let's forget, you know, you know, his mum was poorly last season. He has not been the same player since he signed that contract. He, he really, really hasn't. 
regardless of the off-the-pitch situation. So, yeah, to be honest, that's why I asked the question to, to Lottie earlier in the show. I wouldn't lose any sleep, to be honest, if, if we sold all four of those players or let all four of those players go between now and next summer because we desperately, desperately need players on the pitch that can score goals. And right now, between the four of them, it's, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. So we'll go to some comments before we move on to the last topic of tonight's show, which is um, Mikel Arteta himself. Um, Gary here um, saying, I feel a bit sorry for Pepe, but he's not helping his case when he's come on and obviously isn't showing Arteta anything in practice like Enketia. Don't know what Enketia is showing him in practice, to be honest. Um, Chris here, only reason Eddie is still there is because he wanted stupid wages to go to Palace in the summer. I'm not even sure he's a championship level, as when he was on loan at Leeds, he couldn't get into the team. Um, ben, Partey had a good understanding with Lokonga before Liverpool. Not sure why that partnership got split just because of one game. I'm baffled myself, to be honest. Um, Kyle, Lacazette hasn't looked great apart from hold-up play and buying a good free kick. Not sure anyone will offer much for him. That's my thing with Lacazette, I have to be honest. like I do get he works hard, and at the end of the day, he is working harder than Bamiyang, but the problem is, he's just not a goal for it. He really is not a goal for it. Um, Keith, I drive them wherever they go. Just go, please. Come on, you goodness. Um, Gary, it never works. Arsenal extending a player to sell them. Never, never, never let them go. 100%. Um, Kyle, Abamyang I know, can come back, but think he might be done with, for us, probably best for him to go. Um, Gary, Aubameyang might be getting too old to make those run um, longs, those run longs anymore. Yeah, it, it could be, and that's what I said. Like, there could be several reasons why he he's he's in the form he's in. But honestly, I, I don't really care. Like, I just I just need this guy to put the ball in the net, and if he's not going to do that, we need to just get rid. Um, Chris Aubameyang seems to be seems to keep hitting the ball first time. Each of these chances, he's had time to take a touch and then shoot rather than what he's doing, rushing the chances and misses. And I think that's a real sign of um, lack of confidence, though. He's not he's not composed where in the positions he should be. Um, Cal, we're looking at six at best, so makeshift low needed. I even jokingly said um, Odegaard is our best nine right now. He's not one on paper. I actually remember when you said that. Uh, Gary, Stephen, I'm with you. I want most of the front line to go. Also, Uber's lawyer visited my... PayPal account. <laughs> right. Now, for the finale, and it's going to be so interesting to see what you guys or, or how your opinions may have changed, may have stayed the same, um, off the back of, obviously, what's gone on, how the season's gone so far. Um, obviously, we're going to try and be, you know, going to try and give our opinion with as much common sense, as much rationale as possible. But yes... Mikel Arteta, the man of the moment. What are your thoughts on this guy? Um, I'm going to come to you first, Lottie. I think Stephen's going to let rip. Yeah, um, no, that's fine. My yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my say. Um, not sure if we've got enough hours in the day. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have my say. Yeah, please yeah. don't keep me here all night, though. Please, <laughs> I know Stephen's got yeah, don't keep me here all night, and <laughs> it's your go. Yeah. What now? What now for Arteta? What now for Arsenal's Arteta? Is this process working? How Can far we... along are we in the process? What's he doing? Is he the man for the job? All these questions I have, please answer them, Lottie. 
<laughs> I don't know how to answer them. That's the problem. I really don't. I don't. I'm not just give me your thoughts. Not, just, I'm just, just give me your thoughts. Let me, what? Let me talk what's then. your gut feeling? What's your gut feeling about Arteta? I'm not right Arteta in. I'm not Arteta out. I'm just sick of the solid. Like we've lost two games since the first three that didn't count, and yeah. it's complete and utter meltdown. And it's just, I've had to walk away from Twitter. I don't know when I'm going back on there. Albeit I tweeted our live show. I'm not, I don't know yeah, when yeah, I'm going back. You. I've I had enough. You. I can't cope with it. Um, I just, it was, it was, it was, well, I knew it was coming because we'd lost. I knew it was coming, but I didn't expect it to be, to, it to be as bad as it has been. Mm. So it's just, there's some people who thrive off the toxicity and were waiting for this and it's just, it's just got too much so to speak but mm. I don't know what you, now that 34 is back I can see another December like last year and I really don't want to see that I really don't I mean I don't think I can wait till Boxing Day for another win it would kill me albeit mm. I'll be watching the Arsenal ladies which will make me feel a bit better about my club but I don't know. I just hope he doesn't go into that pattern he did last year. And mm. otherwise, it's just going to be very, very horrible. And I won't be going back on Twitter anytime soon. Because mm. once he loses, all of a sudden, every every Tom, Dick, and Harry is a, is a mm. professional, like is a manager when they've mm. only played a video game. Mm. Well, right now we're hitting that period, aren't we? Um, <laughs> most people call it the crunch time in terms of a season, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of, you know, the festive period. Um, lots of games, quick succession, etc. So um, we got some favourable. Well, I say favourable <laughs> um, fixtures on paper. Um, I, you know, he he could turn this around pretty quickly um, if if we do find some form. But Stephen, I'll come to you. What now, Farteta? What do you make of the process? How far are we in the process? Is he the man for the job? Talk to me. So I'm going to start off with. Lottie, um, some people are very good at that game. If you're referring to football manager, I've done very, very well in that game in the past. Um, me too, me too. Yeah. Um, I, I've lost many hours of my Sorry, life. Sorry, guys, I'm a FIFA, FIFA street girl. I haven't played video games in ages, so. Well, you see, FIFA, I, I, I don't get into the whole FIFA thing. And unfortunately, we live in a culture now where too many people, and I said this before, where I actually heard someone during the summer when we signed Sambi comment on Sambi because he wasn't highly rated on FIFA. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, Arteta, where do we start? <sighs> where do we start? Monday night. Monday night. You know, this is why we don't do shows immediately after games. Because it's so easy, like anybody, to be reactionary. You know, Monday night, I was, no, I'm done. He's got to go. I've had enough. I'm just fed up with it. I'm done. And as I've calmed down, I'm, it's not that I'm backing him, um, but I'm, I'm going back to my original stance, which was I want us to be in the top four by the end of the year. And looking at the fixtures coming up, uh, you know, arguably we shouldn't drop a point the rest of this year. 
that, that that's my opinion we shouldn't um we will but we shouldn't people have said you know he needed time he needed a preseason he got a preseason it was albeit not the preseason he maybe would have wanted because you know players were out at the, the Euros and stuff like that, so he didn't get a full mm. proper preseason. He needed the players in at the start of the preseason. We got six players, but again, you know, we didn't get Tommy Asu until the last day of the, the window. Um, you know, players were coming in drips and drabs, so he didn't have a proper preseason to work with them. But he got mm. players he wanted. He got rid of the players, some of the players he wanted out. So it, it, it is essentially, it's a lot of his squad. Now, he has admitted that he, there's still changes needed. So we know he's not happy with his squad. We know there's still changes to be made. But then he does things like picking 34. But none of us can figure out why. You know, why he made that change the other night. He does this thing where, he, you know, he overcomplicates his team selections. And I, I said this, you know, making four or five changes at once. It's okay, maybe one change in a game, but you need to have a settled team. You will only win with a settled team. You're not going to win consistently by chopping and changing your players. But how do they learn to play together if they're constantly chopping and changing? So he doesn't help himself in that sense. The players themselves then, you know, yes, his football is very prescriptive in that, you know, he wants to play a certain way, but still a lot of the players aren't capable of playing that way. I said before that, you know, he has a, he has a, a few variations on a pattern of play that he can do with each formation. But the problem is, as soon as the opposition work goes out, he has to change the formation again. Mm. Um, so it seems quite limited. And what, the, whether it's his coaching is limited, or whether it's, he feels the player's ability is limited, I don't know. But at the same time, then, you know, Arteta can't physically go onto the pitch and put the ball in the back of the net. You know, that's up to the strikers. But then he's responsible for the players that he, he puts on the pitch. But we don't have a single striker at the club who seems to be capable of putting the ball in the back of the net. So what are we going to do? You know, just not play mm. a striker. And we've seen when we don't play a striker, we'll play a false number nine against Villarreal. What happened there? You know, so it there's so many things that you can put on him, but there's also a lot you can put on the players. And... I said I want to see progression. Um, I do think we've seen some progression. It's not wonderful, but we are seeing some progression. Um, for me, it's not even about the loss to United and the loss to Everton. It's the manner of the defeat. It's, it's the manner of the play. Mm-hmm. And there's something wrong there that these players aren't, aren't fired up and aren't passionate. And whether that's coming from a Bamiang, you know, maybe now being not quite the influence he maybe was in the, the changing room. You know, maybe players like that need to go. You know, there's definitely unsettled players there. You know, when Kerry is mm-hmm. unsettled, Lacazette 
whilst I've said, you know, he seems more professional and I'm okay with the fact that he wants to go on a free and stuff, he still potentially could be, you know, unsettled because he's not playing week in, week out. Pepe, I'm sure at this point, is getting unsettled. Mm. Um, you know, so, and even for like saying of, I don't think holding would be a problem, but I think, you know, it, what's going on with Mary? Has anybody seen or heard of Pablo Mari? You know, since the, the start of the season, is he unsettled? You know, and this is the problem with trying to play a settled team: is that it unsettles the players who aren't getting in. Mm. And then, as I say, you do have players that are in the team that are still unsettled and in the squad that are unsettled. Is he injury making Miles happy? You know, he said he wanted to stay, and then mm. you know he's not getting game time. So is he starting to have rumblings behind the scenes? You know. You just don't know what's going on. So it's hard to kind of say, yes, 100%, it's all on Arteta. And I think, you know, I've said before, you can get a new manager and you get new manager points. But with certain players, it's just going to go back to the same thing. You know, I sent you that, that picture, of the sort of joking picture of um, number 34 dressed as the Grim, Grim Reaper. And there's a door with Wenger's picture on it. The next one has Emery's picture on it. And the next one has Arteta's picture on it. You know, he's going to be the death of all those managers. And he potentially will be, you know, if, if Arteta keeps picking them. So, you know, until we get rid of players like that. So, are we going to go forward under Arteta? I don't know, is the honest truth. I, I said all along that I wanted to see the progression. I wanted us to be in and around the top four come the end of the year. If we are, then in January, we need three to four new players in January. We, you know, it's an absolute must. We, we can't, we can't have one loan signing coming in. It's not enough. We need three to four players being brought in in January. You know, we need a central midfielder to play alongside party to bring the best out in him. You know, we need someone like Bruno Gomeres. We need a left winger. So potentially you've got your boy, the Swedish boy at Juventus. You know, mm. that could be happening. And we need a centre forward who can put the ball in the back of the net. And arguably, we need maybe one more in there as well for something different in midfield. Whether that's mm. someone like, you know, we, we've mentioned it before and everybody knows I'm a massive fan of war. You know, maybe that maybe it's someone like him finally. Um, yeah. But you know, we need three to four players minimum come January. Um, and then, if that's the case, and we don't finish in European places, yeah, at the end of the season, Arteta has to go. But for now, I'm still going to give him give him the opportunity to yeah. you know be in there. And if we don't drop points between now and the new year, we will be in the top four. And those games we have to play, arguably, obviously, West Ham is the toughest game we have. You know, there's no reason why we can't win all of our games between now and the end of the year. Mm. So, yeah, it's getting harder and harder to defend Arteta. It really is. But right now, I'm still prepared <laughs> to the end of the year to see, are we there or thereabouts? And if yeah. we are, what happens in January? Okay, okay. Um, 
Yeah, boy, I don't know. Um, Arteta, right. Now, with Arteta, for me, I have to be completely honest. Um, you know, I on at this point in time, I don't believe he's the right man for the job. Um, I don't believe that... When the season started, I said, we need to finish... <laughs> We need to finish um, in the top six, and when I said the top six, I don't mean in. I, I didn't even. I didn't even really mean the top four, because I had United as title favorite. The sorry, title title contenders. I thought it would be Chelsea, Liverpool, City, United. After what United did last season, obviously who they bought, I thought that would be the top four, and I thought fifth and six is where, you know, where we would be competing. And after two back to back eighth league positions. I think in in order for us to say there's been progression, we have to finish above eighth. For me, seventh is not quite cutting it, so we need to finish fifth or sixth. Now, obviously, the season started, and you know, form of the form of the teams: West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal, Spurs, United, whatever. You know, they've all it's been all over the place. All of a sudden, top top four doesn't seem a million miles away. So that's kind of somewhat changed my my perspective. At the same time, for me. I still will say I'm going I have to give him to the end of the season because it's a long season there's 38 games. Um and for me if he can finish 5th or 6th 4th 5th or 6th at the end of the season I would be willing to stick with him until next season. We get back into Europe um we can attract hopefully better players and then obviously next season is a whole new season, you know. We it, we we approach it with optimism etc. However, in terms of what I've seen this season, in terms of performances from this Arsenal side, I'm just not convinced he's he's the man for the job. Um, I'm not going to hashtag Arteta out. I'm not going to, you know, abuse the guy after every single bad performance, you know, hound him out the club, you know, and, and do all of that. Because to be honest, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, all I'm going to do is just have untold Twitter arguments. And to be honest, I, I, I can't be asked. With that, um, but I don't believe it's gonna it's gonna happen. So as much as I have expectations that I want him to finish in the top six, fourth, fifth, or six, I honestly don't believe we're gonna do it because I, I can't see the consistency. I can't see the consistency in in the performances. Like we literally go from just getting absolutely battered to being played off the park um, to putting in the odd really good performance and then you know against united and, and everton just completely just 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 abysmal football dire football boring football um and i understand everything that that goes into it you know the squad is not good enough um we do need you know um better players and the fact that key players for us are not performing you know he he can't he can't control Partey's form you know he can't he can't put the ball in the net for Bamiang. You know, he can't make Pepe play consistency, you know, consistent. But at the same time, it's like it, it comes to a point where for me, the manager has to be responsible for getting the best out of the players that we've got. And I, I'm just not convinced of it. You know, even even earlier on in the season, you know, when we, we got beat, you know, in the first three games, you know. Um, that that was horrible to watch, and I know even when results were going our way in the, in in the ten games where we went unbeaten, 
you know, I was on here, you know, sometimes, you know, bickering with, with Lottie about the performances against Brighton and so forth. Because um, I've not been convinced. All season, I've not been convinced. I, I've kind of decided to just say, look, I'm going to give the guy to the end of the season um, because it doesn't make sense being Arteta out and tweeting it every other day and, and just because it, it's just nonsense. Because um, at the end of the day, until the club actually make a decision on his future, he's going to be at the club. So I might as well just try and support the guy and, and hope that he can turn things around. But in terms of what I've seen, I, I'm not convinced. Um, and I honestly don't believe that things are going to improve between now and the end of the year. And I don't think things are going to improve massively between now and the end of the season. And I feel like something to just touch upon what you said, I feel like as Arsenal fans, I feel like we, we've given this guy uh, uh, enough time. You know, we we were we were we were tough on Emery. We were really really tough on Emery, and I feel like with Arteta, I don't know whether it's because he played for Arsenal. I don't know whether it's because we hope you know he is going to be the next Pep, or whether it's just because he's got good hair. I don't know what it is, but we seem to just keep on moving the goalposts. You know, it seems like at first it was it wasn't his squad. Then it was he needs a preseason. Then it was he needs his own players. Then it was. He needs to be in the top four by Christmas. It just seems like we just, you know, it's we're always kind of moving the goalposts. And it's like every single time he fails to kind of meet expectations, we're saying, oh, but this, oh, but that. And I, I honestly believe, like, even for the most hardened Arteta supporters, they're gonna they're gonna run out of excuses very, very shortly. Um, because I think him finishing outside the top six or seven this season. He has to go. There, there, there literally is no excuse. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not, Art I, well, technically I am Arteta out. Um, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to sing it from, from the rooftops because I don't think it makes a blind bit of difference what I think really and truly. Um, so yeah, do I think we should replace him with somebody else? Yes. Um, will I support him until we eventually do replace him? Yes. Um, but will he finish in the top six? Nah. And if he doesn't, for me, he has to go at the end of the season. Um, and, and that's generally my take on, on Arteta at the moment. Um, I'm not very optimistic at all. Okay, so just to pick up on a couple of points there. I mean, I get what you're saying about the, the Arteta in people moving the goalposts. Yeah. But if you look at it, the Arteta out people have also been moving their goalposts. So... There, what they are saying, you know, has changed. You know, we're conceding too many goals. He fixes the defense. Yeah. You know, our midfield isn't good enough. He buys new midfielders. We're not playing. The, he's not giving youth the chance. ESR, Saka, Martinelli playing. We have the youngest squad in the Premier League. Mm. You know, but yeah, he's not giving you the chance. So they're constantly moving their goals too. Mm. Um, but the football's crap, though. Yeah, but uh, what, I'm just I saying that it's, it's very, yeah, it's very easy to for you know people who are one way can move their goalposts to suit mm. their agenda. Yeah, but the people who are the other way are also moving their goalposts to suit their agenda. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. In terms of the, you know, you're saying should he be replaced, and you're saying yes. 
My issue is now, and it has been the same for a long time, and I've said this to you, we've had this conversation on the show, we have asked people who watch the show, tell me who is available right now who can come in and do something different with these players. Yeah, but the the, the problem is, and the, and the reason why, for me, that's, that's kind of... Uh, I'm kind of getting to the point where I, I hear what you're saying, I do, but I just feel as though that's the fault of Arsenal Football Club because it's, at the end of the day, if you sack Arteta and you want to go out and get a world-class manager, you make them available. Like, you pay the money, you convince the club, you do whatever you do to get to get a manager in. That That's what you do at the end of the day. Like, who, who when we signed the Bamiang, was the Bamiang available at Dortmund? Was part, you know... It, it, it's like if you want to if you want to get a manager, you've got to act and you've got to just sign a manager. It's like it's almost like we've as Arsenal fans, we've we've reverted into this. We can't attract a good manager. We can't attract a world class manager. So because none of the managers would come to us or none of them are available, we'll just stick with Arteta. But I'm not even saying like it's it's the thing with at the end of the day, if Arteta's not do- doing the job that he's supposed to do in terms of, or if we're not happy with the job he's doing. So we just, we just, we just allow him to just continue doing the job then. No, I, I, I get what you're saying, but what I, my, my point is for a world-class manager, how many world-class managers are there that aren't in world-class jobs mm. that we could go out and attract? You know, people are, are crying out for Ten Hag at, at Ajax but why is he going to leave Ajax when he's topping his Champions League group? You know, has mm. potential to go on and do really well in that tournament this season to come and battle to get a Europa League spot with Arsenal? Mm. He's not. You know, yes, maybe at the end of the season when he's he's gone through that run. And this is what I've said before. Mm. It's right now who's going to leave. You know, top managers it's... at top clubs are not mm-hmm. leaving halfway through the season. When I they're get in that, but, elite competition. But then when you look at it, like Tottenham have gone and got Conte, regardless of what your opinion is of Conte, whether he would have been a good signing for Arsenal or not, um, they sacked their manager after 17 games and they went and got arguably one of the best world-class managers in the world. Regardless of what your individual opinion of, of him is, many people class him as top five managers in the world. So it's like... I just I just feel like if it's not working, we need to change things. And there yeah. are managers out there, you know, that we could we could give the opportunity to. They might not necessarily be world class, but we could give an opportunity to them where they could come in, maybe do something different, etc. I, I I understand, I understand it, but for me, I just think it goes back to the whole thing where I just think I personally feel like Arsenal. It, it comes down to the ownership, et cetera, et cetera. Because I personally just feel like Arsenal, really and truly, we, we've just become a we've just become a laughing stock of football. Because when I actually think about it, you know, we've we've hired Arteta on the basis of not managing a single Premier League game. Like we we hired an absolute novice, and we as Arsenal fans, we just accepted it. And I feel like 
because of because of the years and years and years of lack of success, I honestly do feel as Arsenal fans, we are almost becoming desensitized um, and kind of enabling um, things at Arsenal to just kind of carry on. So it's like because we can't think of a manager that's out there that couldn't necessarily do a better job than Arteta. It's like we just let's you know let's just let's just accept that you know we're crap. Um, you know, we can't attract a manager, so we're just going to stick with Arteta. Like, it's just, it's for me, it just comes from the top. And I think, like, if, if Arsenal, the Arsenal owners and Arsenal Football Club were serious about Arsenal, Arteta wouldn't be in a job. He wouldn't even have been in the job in the first place. And if they wanted to go out and get a, a world-class manager or a manager with, you know, arguably world-class potential, they can. They can, because let's face it, we all know it's all about money, regardless of whether or not these, these managers have, have aspirations, etc. It comes down to money. If if you want, if you're gonna cough up the money to pay for a manager that you want, he's gonna leave. He's gonna leave regardless. Doesn't even matter what time of the season it is. And if he's not gonna leave mid-season, then you need to be having conversations to get that manager in place for the for the beginning of next season. My my concern is is that. I don't even think Arsenal are even thinking about in the whatever boardroom they're sitting in, Josh and, and, and Stan Kroenke, I don't even think they're even having a conversation about Arteta's future. I think they're just happy and content that he's gonna come in, he's a young manager, they're gonna give him time, and 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 we're just gonna we're just gonna continue to just you know just wallow in in, in what is sorry, but just I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't know what the answer is, but I'm telling you right now, if I was owner of Arsenal Football Club, I would not, he would not be in a job. Um, and I would do everything I can to get a world-class manager. And you know what? If I got his done in and it didn't work, it didn't work. I sack him too and I get somebody else in. Like, because ultimately, you know, we talk about, we talk, we criticise Chelsea, we criticise, you know, teams like Chelsea, you know, oil money, et cetera, et cetera. But they've, they've, they've sacked however many managers, but look how successful they are. Yeah, they're spending money on top of that. But I don't think we can sit here and actually just accept the fact that, you know, we can't attract a world-class manager, so we're just going to put up with Arteta. Like, we're like the, what? We're like one of the biggest teams in English football. And we're just going to sit here and just say, okay, yeah, like no one can come in and do a better job. How do we know until we try it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't think we will get a world-class manager at this time of year. I know who I want. I never wanted Arteta, and I, I've quite openly admitted that. I, I did, never wanted Arteta. I don't think I didn't think Arteta was right for it at the time. Yeah. Um, I know who I want now. Who's that? But we'll not get them. Um, we'll not get them until after the World Cup. So, please don't say Southgate. What's that? Please don't say Southgate. No, I'm not. He's Southgate. just extended his contract due till twenty twenty four five, I think. Yeah, but I mean, your argument about Conte, Conte wouldn't have improved this squad. He wouldn't have done anything more with it because none of those players would suit his style of play. Yeah, but he would have had to have. Now, how do you how do you know that unless he's actually managing the side? You don't know that because you can see every club he goes into, he plays the same way. But so then, so we just keep Arteta then. No, it's 
this is the point. We've got to get the, the, the manager that suits the club. I don't know. I don't know. I think a manager comes in and like, okay, so what manager suits Arsenal then? For me, yeah, I, the person I want who I think will suit Arsenal will give us the, the style of play we want and will win, mm. Enrique. Why Enrique? Because I think, you look at his Barcelona team, his Barcelona team were better than Pep's. They played more attractive football than Pep's and they won. Mm. Look at what he's doing with Spain again. Luis Enrique is a world-class manager. And I think he would be the play, the, the manager to take us forward. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a world-class manager. But for me, I, I don't see it as being, you know, a one-candidate thing. I think there are managers out there that could come at, come to Arsenal and, 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 and do better than what Arteta's doing. You know, that's just... That's just my opinion. I, I don't think it's it's Luis Enrique or nobody because Luis Enrique suits the club. I think a good manager comes in, he just kind of makes the job his own. Yeah, no, um, I'm just saying that's my choice. That's who I would yeah. pick. So, I mean, who would you pick? Who would you pick, brother? To be honest, right now, anyone, mate. <laughs> I have no clue. Just, I don't have an answer for that one, I'm afraid. To be honest, anyone, man, and I think this this comment here is, is 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 perfect. And I think this is the attitude we had like years ago. Like this is Arsenal FC. We go and get the manager we want, and I just feel like we are. I feel I feel like it's almost like we've just accepted that we're just this mid table dead team, and none of these managers are going to be tempted by Arsenal Football Club. And it's like I just I just don't know, man. I just I don't know, man. I really don't know. But I think we could we could chat about the whole Arteta situation all night. Um, I know um, I'm flagging. I know bloody you're flagging slightly. Um, yeah, we could be here all night. But just kind of sum it up, Lottie, Um, Obviously, between now um, and obviously the end of the season, what are you what are you expecting from Arteta between now and the end of the season? Well, we should be getting six. I said this for our season prediction. Six, minimum. Yeah. Other okay, that, and if he, doesn't, if he doesn't make top six, like for you, he's gone? I don't like this argument. This is why I've been very, very quiet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know I don't like this argument. That's why you're laughing. Yeah, um, yeah no, he's going to have to go. Don't ask me who's going to yeah. come in. I, have, I ain't got Scooby. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. Stephen, obviously you said we should be hitting top four by Christmas. Um, obviously, if we don't, um, let's let's give him to the end of the season. By the end of the season, um, is, is there a minimum requirement for you that Arteta needs to achieve? Yeah, I've said all along that he has to finish top six. Yeah. Has to. Mm. Yeah. Boy, I don't know. Like, you know, for me, as you can see, I, you know, as you can tell, um, I, I don't sing it from the rooftops because I don't want to have countless, countless arguments on Twitter with people. Um, and to be honest, like, it is what it is. But for me personally, um, you know, I, I honestly feel like it's not it's not going to go well between now and the end of the season. And I, I can, for me, I can honestly see we're not going to finish um, in the top six. I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if we do. Um, I want us to, I really hope. And if we do, I I want him to stay on and I want him to manage 
us next season. But I, I honestly just can't see it. I, I, it's just just not for me. Um, and I would replace him as soon as possible if it was entirely up to me. But good job I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not in charge of Arsenal then. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to breeze through some of these comments. Um, and then we'll wrap things up, Stephen. So we wait for one to two years. I don't think like I don't like the idea. I feel Potter could do a better with this squad and then get Mancini when he's done with the World Cup. Um, the Mr. Arsenal podcast, good evening. Give me the job, even I'm better than Mikel. Mike, good evening, Mike. I know you've been in the chat. Um, a little comments, a uh, few comments before. We need a manager of experience or someone who knows the Premier League. Uh, Mike, again, we need European football again at a minimum. Um, and Keith, um, I want Arsenal back. He would have to go. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, and it's going to be one of those conversations that is just going to continually split opinion between Arsenal fans. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like we always say, no opinions. It doesn't matter. You know, whatever your opinion is, no one's right, no one's wrong. Um, you just got to respect each other's opinion. You know, what I mean, me, me and Stephen are. I like brothers. We share slightly different opinion when it comes to Arteta, and it is what it is. You know, we share our opinions and we keep it moving. Um, it's just, it's just how it is. Um, is there anything we need to kind of wrap up um, before we um, wrap up the show? Anything we need to go through um, in terms of next show? Um, what about Jonas? He's doing a great job in his first season. Mm-hmm. Top of the league. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, G, uh, Gary says, G, Stephen said, um, Stephen said I'm wrong. Um, yeah, I saw him shake his head. He wasn't best pleased with that comment. Um, but yeah, in terms of this show, obviously it's been a long show, two hours now. And we always knew it was going to be a long show, um, obviously because of all of the stuff to discuss. Um, we are back on Friday where we will be um, previewing the Arsenal versus Southampton game. Hopefully we can get some points. I think it will be at 9pm on Friday, um, but obviously watch out for our tweets. Um, in terms of socials, we're going to run through them oh, very, very quickly. Yeah, uh, Fantasy football deadline is half six on Friday for everybody oh. that's playing fantasy football. Half Wicked. six on Friday. Half six on Friday. Whatever changes you want to make, make them. Um, Gee, just before you, you do that, um, one more quick talking point. Um I don't know if you've seen Spurs game tomorrow night has been postponed. Oh, is it? Off the back of them having some positive COVID cases. And yeah, apparently their game at the weekend is under consideration now by the Premier League. So jammy, you know. Do you know what? If their game gets called off or postponed because of players having COVID, Just what I'm then saying. I think as Arsenal fans, we should petition the Premier League to have our game against Brentford replayed. Like, seriously, and our Gabriel, game against... Ben White, Aubameyang, Lacazette, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it can't be one rule. You know, they were told told at the start of the season games would not be postponed for players having COVID. It would be treated like they were injuries. It doesn't matter how many of their, their players have COVID. They have a squad. They have enough players in their squad to put out a, a team. That game should not be postponed. And if it is, again... It's another farce on the Premier League. It really is an absolute farce if they get that game postponed. Mad. Mike just saying here, yeah, they got 13 cases. It's not uh, 13 five, players, though. It's something yeah. like eight players. Yeah, five and, a staff or something yeah. like that. No, yeah. it's eight, um, eight five, senior team as five well. Five COVID case, game on, eight COVID case postponed. Yeah, it's But honestly, I, I will start a petition and have Arsenal's game against Brentford replayed 
on that basis if they get that game postponed because they've already had another game postponed because of it yeah that's absolutely crazy it's it's just it's blatant favoritism towards certain teams yeah no it is it is definitely um last comment here and we could get it brought up in the house of commons with 10k signatures (laughs) i tell you we should but to be honest house of commons right now not my favorite topic (laughs) <laughs> given given their shenanigans last Christmas when we were all on lockdown. Uh, Chris, I'm guessing Spurs don't have a reserve team to bring in players to play games. No, they don't. Oh, no, it's ridiculous. Even that game tomorrow night, they're, you know, they're playing a European game. And as I said in the show the other week, we used yeah. to play Champions League games with our reserve and under 23 yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can't even play Europa Conference League games with their first team. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. But yeah, we're gonna breeze through the socials right now. Stephen, do the honors. All right. So um, thank you for everybody who's watched. Um, if you're watching live and you've been with us, thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. If you're watching later on, again, thank you for taking the time to watch our shows. Um, we really, really appreciate it. If you're not following us on all the social platforms, please do. Um, we also have our Facebook account, which is Canon Chatter. We have Instagram, which is Canon underscore Chatter. And we have TikTok, um, although we're not massively active on it, I don't think, um, which is at Canon underscore Chatter. We will start to, when things are settled down a little, start to get more active on some of these platforms. We're just all of us have a massive amount of things going on at the minute, as well as obviously trying to put out content. Um, we have our Twitter. Um, obviously, our main account is at Canon Chatter. There's my own account, which is at SB Callan Chatter, which to be honest, at the minute, again, it's just mostly me retweeting the main Callan Chatter account. Um, I will hopefully in the new year start to be a bit more active on that myself. Um, if you want to follow G, it's at G Talks Arsenal. And if you want to follow Lottie, it's at Lottie underscore B with two T's and two I's because somebody beat her to it. Yeah. If you want to read any of Lottie's wonderful blogs, they are all available at lottieafc.blogspot.co.uk. You, any updates on that, Lottie, in terms of any more pieces coming? No? Okay. Yeah, I've got um, a few days. If anybody does want to purchase any Canon Chatter t-shirts or hoodies, give me an email um, on info at canonchatter.com or DM me at sbcanonchatter on Twitter. Or alternatively, just DM any of the guys and, and they'll tell you what you need to do. And all the information and prices and stuff are in the description of the video below. Um, and obviously make sure you subscribe turn on notifications and hit the like button um, and we'd really appreciate that thank you so much Stephen. absolute natural at that <laughs> but yeah last couple of comments before we wrap up uh, mike saying yeah but they lost to somebody with their first team to remember yep they did i can't remember the name of the team anymore uh chris they played the yeah that's it that's it they played the kids in the euro cup anyway for Sorry. why they were in um Carl, thanks guys see you next time definitely thank you for tuning in got my Sunderland ticket sorted lucky hopefully everything all sorts itself out before then because mm-hmm. I'm going away for a few days later so if it goes this way it'll be in touch and go if I can and that's it really um with regards to tonight's show it's been a long one it was always going to be a long one um because there was literally so much to talk about and I think me well me me and Stephen definitely could probably have gone a couple more rounds um, but yeah, I was um, settling for a six-hour show. <laughs> but yeah, um, any last words, Lottie, before we go? Not for me, not tonight. Yeah, 
You've had enough. You've had enough of our TED to talk. Um, Stephen, any last words? Do you know what? Christmas is coming. It's only two and a half weeks. Let's stay positive. Enjoy the rest of the festive period. Let's not let Arsenal bring us down. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Things are going to turn around. We're going to beat Southampton at the weekend. And it's going to be all positive again and all rosy. Rosie at the Emirates um, before yeah. the snow comes. And tomorrow. And tomorrow. And tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, Barcelona for the ladies. Definitely. My kitty's going to get a couple of goals. Of the night. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go to the comments again. <laughs> so Mike has the last say in terms of the chat room. Need a win on Saturday massively and a performance to match. And yeah, to be honest, I, I massively agree with that. And that's it. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, and until next time, keep chatting.